we're here today with Jasmine Atlantis, who are Community Fridge 120 organizers, and they're going to introduce themselves and tell me us all about who they are. Hi, so I am Jazz. I'm so happy to be here. I am a chef and community organizer and overall fruit enthusiast. Hey guys, I'm Atlantis Gota. I'm a licensed mental health clinician, a Harlem native, born and raised. I am one of the organizers that helps with Community Fridge 120. And I also have a nonprofit, One Life Wellness, which aims to bring health and wellness programs in an equitable and accessible fashion to the Harlem community. And I'm also in the process of creating a community space for the community. Tell our listeners a little bit about what inspires you and what inspired you to be a part of Community Fridge 120 and the various other community fridges in the network. So Jazz, um, Chef Jazz likes to joke that 120th Street is like the Gilmore Girls in its very community feel. And that is really what inspires me on a daily basis. Um, I was born and raised in this community. I continue to live in this community and plan to spend the rest of my life, the majority of it in this community. Um, My mom and my dad came to this country from their respective countries of origins. And they created this amazing global community in Harlem, in this house in which I was born and raised. And really the thing that fuels me every day is being in community with other people and the amazing humans that I get to call my family for all intents and purposes. What drew me to um, get involved was really as a chef, I feel like my job is really simple. It's to feed people. And this time last year, I was in a position where it was really hard to feed people um, on the most basic sense because um, I was teaching in school, restaurants were closed, and this was an opportunity to still um, provide a resource for food and access to food. and this has turned into way more than I ever expected or anticipated it to be. Um, but it's been a really beautiful journey. Incredible. Very inspirational. Um, and I thank you all for being here today. I know a lot of my listeners have heard about community fridges um, and also are interested in being organizers, and particularly because we see our government or our community struggling right now. And we're like, you know what? How do we help? How do we make an impact? So I'm curious to hear from both of you. So um, with Community Fridge 120, it was very interesting. Um, So 120, I wanted to put a community fridge uh, actually before the pandemic started when I saw a community fridge in Brooklyn because I'm planning on opening a community space on 120th and Malcolm X Boulevard in Harlem. And I couldn't put a community fridge because of the landmark status of the building. And so Landmarks was just like, no, you can't put a community fridge. And simultaneously, the Block Association approached the business next door to me to put a community fridge around the corner from them. And when I saw it, I said, guys, like you put a community fridge there. And they were just like, Atlantis, we have no idea what we're doing with this. If you want to take control of like getting this all set up, and helping us organize around it. Like, please feel free because we have no clue what we're doing. Um, And then I got connected via social media to really the rest of the Uptown and Bronx community fridge organizers. And from there, 
it just spiraled into this amazing community focused, driven love affair. And Jazz and I got more connected and started doing more, not just for 120, but just the entire fridge network as a whole. And I don't think it's even about 120 anymore because the amount of work that we've been able to accomplish has not been just focused on 120. It's been for the entire uptown Bronx and even like supporting other boroughs and helping them get connected and sending resources to other boroughs. Um, so it's really evolved into something that's amazing. I that this is the year that, um, you know, people felt the most disconnected. And this is the year that I feel like I found the most like-minded people who just like want to share with their local community members. And it's been a really beautiful process. That's incredible. I think a lot of people are feeling that, that even though we are working from home, there's been this opportunity to really connect um, digitally and then making an impact on the ground. Um, so question for you all. So how do people donate if they want to like donate to this, these fridges or if they want to work or in collaboration with both of you, what, what could they do? I think we always suggest people reach out to their local community fridge. There is a fridge map in existence that you can find your closest fridge and they're really, they all do run autonomously. And so if you can get involved with your local fridge, find out where it's at, um, see what they need. They might need help, you know, cleaning the fridge a couple times a day. They might need help. If you have a car, they need you because um, getting things from point A to point B, this is New York. Like hardly anyone has a car. So we're always looking for drivers. We're always looking for people who want to restock the fridge. Each fridge carries, like, accepts different things. So we're checking to see if they accept dairy, if they accept meat, if they just want, you know, fresh produce to be shared. That's usually, like, a good one. Um, I always encourage people to share baby food because it's something that's kind of hard to get donated um, or rescued because nobody's going to give you expired baby food. That's not helpful. Versus, like, um, bread we rescue end of day bread. And that's something that like, sure, it's seven o'clock, your bread store is closing now. But if that goes into a fridge, it's going to be gone within an hour. And that's, you know, perfectly edible and like great quality. Um, so I think those would be my suggestions. Um, more and more people have been getting invested, I would say more invested in the health of themselves and therefore the health of what they eat. So they would like access to fresh produce, especially if the fresh organic produce in their local grocery store or the closest grocery store to them is way outside of their budget. Being able to access a community fridge and get a head of organic broccoli that saves you $2 or $3 that you can allocate, or in some cases, $5, that you can allocate to other resources that you need um, is really life-changing for a number of people and baby food for sure. But like nice quality baby food, um, not just like read the back and then decide whether or not you would give that to your child and then <laughs> see if you want to share that with others Valid. because that's like, 
this is like that was always my goal like um top of you know the pandemic my mother is 70 plus years old so i was doing on top of my food shopping i was food shopping for her and that was always the bar of like if this is not something that i would put in my fridge or in my mother's fridge i'm not going to put it into these fridges because like if you think back to june of last year there are a lot of pantries running yeah sure great but what was in those pantries like they were giving boxes of like crystallized eggs that were frozen and like beef stews in a bag. And what, what is that? Like that is, that is poison. Like we're trying to get foods that heal and fuel, not that. And that is exactly why a lot of the communities that these fridges exist in are already like in for, in not, not as good of health because this is what has been in circulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious to elaborate a little bit more on food insecurity and food deserts that are a byproduct and often what happens in a lot of communities of color um, and communities that are in need. Um, would you all be interested in speaking a little bit on that? Yeah, I think that the, the biggest part for me with that is when you take into account every part of the equation you start to see how all of this plays off of one another. So these areas that the closest grocery store is maybe 10 10 blocks away. Um, In some cases, there are food deserts where the nearest grocery store that has a wide array of some type of actually healthy produce that hasn't been sitting there for days is maybe 20 blocks away. A lot of places rely on their neighborhood corner store or bodega to get access to some type of produce. But then you're looking at how those bodegas also access produce. How do they get their produce? So by the time you're getting in New York, by the time you're getting food from a distribution to a shelf where it will be able to be accessed by people, you're looking at at least maybe like five days. In that time, the nutritional value of the food depletes. So in a lot of cases, what we're trying to do is access that food in a more direct manner that supports sustainability of the people producing the food and also the health of the people who are receiving it so that you're not only attending to the basic needs of, of helping to feed people, but also their emotional health, their physical health, their mental health, their preventative health, their interactions in their home with food, the interactions of their kids with foods in their home, with elders and food in the home, and how that all interplays with one another to actually support and nourish communities. I personally think that we're past the point of wanting to just feed people like this. This is about justice now. Mm. I hear it. I mean, it sounds like why I was so struck by like the fridge network is the fact that it's not just about providing, you know, access to food that is healthy, that will nourish you and your family, and your community. It's about seeing how food disparities reverberate in many communities and means that like this community is going to be more likely to be impacted by these diseases. They're going to be impacted Mm -hmm. by this lack of resources. Um, So I personally can see it. And I think it's important that my listeners understand that as well, because whether it's New York city or it's Plano, Texas, or it's, you know, LA, like 
these these issues, these obstacles are faced across the country and even, and I would also argue probably across the globe as well. Like, how do you have access to healthy food? It is worth noting, too, the difference between a food desert and a food swamp. In a food swamp, you are, you may have a, a supermarket, you know, within the mm-hmm. 10 block, 10, whatever, you know, in Waco, Texas, they, they you know, um, <laughs> use as their markers. Um, but are you passing a slew of fast food on your way? Is it that much easier for you to access fast food? And that is your go-to now because you have to really take into consideration the makeup of these communities. Oh, this is honestly reverberating for me for how I would like drive home and I'd be like, I can go to the grocery store. Or I can go to get fast food because it's a lot faster. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, this could take so much time. I got to park. I got to get this. Or, oh, I have to do this. It's so much easier. Let me just go pick up something. I live in Crown Heights. I'm from Crown Fried. As opposed to, like, preparing my food and all that. Because it's going to be easier for me. So it's also just about, like, convenience, right? And, like, mm-hmm. these bridges are conveniently placed on corners in areas. Then there's maps and people can, you know, get to them. Access them. And I think that's the part that you bring up is the the access. It's not just the financial access. It's the geographical access. It's the interpersonal access. It's the safety access. It's the time access. Someone who's coming off of work at eight o'clock at night and does not have the time or wanting to stop at a grocery store and stand in a line the community fridge is right there. It's open for most part. All the fridges are open 24 seven. And so it's about creating this access and also this level of agency because around the fridges, there is this piece of community engagement and it provides the ability to have conversations like the one we're having now, but with people who are just on the street, you stand at the fridge and you're able to have these conversations with people who one, haven't really had human interaction, but two, they're having a conversation that's actually nourishing them and giving them new ideas and sparking imagination and sparking like, oh, I, can, I now maybe want to try this food that will feed me on a number of different levels and nourish me on a number of different levels. Like the amount of times that I've seen Jazz have a conversation about like spinach, <laughs> zucchini or baby bok choy. <laughs> And just like give ideas as to recipes and give ideas of like how to use it and how to repurpose these things. It's part of the fridges because it provides an opportunity in a grocery store. You do not have someone walking around giving you like recipe ideas and helping to make vegetables and produce more approachable for you. Cause now, now they've been all over the news. Like they've been, if you're thinking, if we're talking like early summer, when these fr- fridges first landed on the corners, People were like, what is this? What's going on? What is this colorful refrigerator that I've never mm-hmm. seen before that I, and I've walked past this corner a million times. And there was that level of having to be on the ground and be like, this is like, there is that. And then it's like, open it, take a look, have a look for yourself. And that was how I would really engage people and be like, check it out yourself. And they would open it. They would see that the refrigerators were like maintained that they it smelled cleaner than a supermarket. The produce looks fresher than what you can find in a supermarket. Cause a lot back in the summer, there, a lot of our partners were um, like local farmers. So end of day farmers market stuff that they didn't want to haul back. They were, you were resting from them like hundreds of pounds. So that was filling 
several fridges. So all of this like beautiful, like dinosaur kale. So, Rainbow chard. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't get me started. I <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. But, um, Rainbow chard. but then it's like, what is this? And where are the platanos? And then mm-hmm. that conversation <laughs> comes up. I love this. And so uh, tell me a little bit more about your partner. We've had some awesome partners over the past year. Like Misfits was a partner for like six weeks. They were donating like a box to every fridge in like all five boroughs. Um, we've had Or Washers is a huge partner. Or Washers bread, best bread in the city. Um, they um, that was one of the first partners that I worked with. They donated like a ton of their end of day bread business was slow like and so there were instances where Atlantis would know like we've gotten like 15 like drivers have been like I don't know if this will all fit in my car kind of days like rainy days where nobody wants to go outside and those would all end up in the fridges and they'll go to Atlantis's space they will individually bag out all of those um 15 like garbage bag sizes of of bread and then those will be redistributed through all of the fridges in Manhattan one day or through the Bronx one day, or now they're rescuing from the, the warehouse. Um, mm-hmm. And those are going oh, all goodness. over. So they're like an amazing partner. I'm a chef. So my um, executive chef for an organization I work with, he's over at the Met. So we get their like prepared salads and sandwiches that are like delicious. Um, mm-hmm. Those are a great, um, like prepared meal rescue because there's like a makeup of the fridge, right? There is the fresh produce aspect for those who can go home and cook a meal. There is, you know, fresh bread because like quality bread is just a good staple to have in any household. And then there is for the houseless population prepared meals. So, um, and a lot mm-hmm. more restaurants that are willing to partner and you know want to help wow and even restaurants who don't have like the capabilities to really be doing any of this like for instance greedy pot um which is down the block on 117th 118th in harlem they donate 200 meals um every weekend to the community fridges and it's rice a salad and baked chicken and it's just a husband and wife doing this and they're still supporting their regular like daily business and they are producing 200 meals every weekend and volunteers pick it up and distribute it to community fridges throughout harlem and the bronx and sometimes queens and it's it's amazing but not everyone even has the resources to do this but they are moving in the spirit of supporting mutual aid and supporting community uh-huh. yeah and it also just sounds like trust and understanding that hey like i'm here to help you and um because i want to and because i see the importance of it and like in in like in tandem like I'm also helping myself and helping my community grow and helping um, people around me to thrive, which I find has really blossomed during COVID. But I think we've also seen a lot of like lack of trust there, right? Like where we felt that our communities have been forgotten. It's good to know that there is still trust within this, you know, within these types of frameworks. But I think that's why we take the community fridges, safety and hygiene so seriously. 
is because by allowing it to be there, our communities are trusting us. Because if they didn't want it there, if it was disrespecting them, they would find a way to get rid of it. And so I think that's a really big part of it is, you know, making sure that we're always staying in community and staying in respect. And so that people know that they can trust us with their end of day, like situation, like they can trust us with donating because it will be handled responsibly. And we're always trying to make sure that the health and hygiene of people and the safety of people is really respected and attended to every time that fridge is accessed. It is 1000% trust. It is love. It is respect. It is sharing and it's rewarding because, you know, some, a lot of times this food would otherwise end up in the trash. Like, and they uh, our partners are so happy to be like, oh, wait, you're going to give this to the actual people. And the fact that there is no middleman, this is going into a refrigerator, then somebody is going into the refrigerator and picking this item out for themselves is rewarding for all parties. Hey, are you looking for a new podcast? I totally recommend you check out Three Righteous Mamas, where three all-American moms who are Latina, Muslim, and queer Talk about the issues of the day with some of the biggest change makers and thought leaders in our world. These mamas are definitely on a mission to transform our country and celebrate the power and hope of pissed off mamas who are building the better future for all our children. There's no podcast quite like it, so check it out. What other obstacles have you all faced with your fridges? Um, has there been any other you know, obstacles that you faced and overcome? The safety, the weatherizing. Yeah. <laughs> These are yeah. indoor fridges that we have placed in the outside world. Okay. So our top of summer, probably like 30 popped up. I remember there was a week that like 10 popped up and we were like, wait a minute. <laughs> like in the same week, because it's a, it's a lot of responsibility. These fridges are not, if they're not, if they didn't, if they aren't weatherized, meaning if they don't have like the insulation, if they don't have a bot, like a covering, if they're not elevated, there was um, a day, a really bad tropical storm over the summer that um, a community member DM'd a video of the fridge, not 120, <laughs> um, of the fridge door open and like waving in the wind. And they were like, y'all should probably get on that. And it was a DM from somebody who lived like across the street and was in sight of the fridge and like had to run outside and, you know, wrap it up and, you know, start taking better precautions for when it's a really bad snowstorm, when it's, when it's a really bad rain, um, rainstorm, when it's a bad snowstorm, a lot of fridges get shut down, tarped up taped up and are out of commission for a day or two. A lot of fridges have made little sheds. Okay. So yeah. this is all, and this is all community members who are coming in to help or something or volunteers. This is pretty impressive. Yeah. 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 So network of people. Raising funds for the like materials. And then generally someone is volunteering their time or, you know, you're giving them a little something for volunteering their time. But that is, that is, 
that is the currency that we're all operating in. You know, there's so much time that goes into our drivers and the work that me and Atlantis do as far as, you know, finding these partners, coordinating these logistics, getting, making things make sense. Yeah. The, the, for instance, the 120 shed was built by my father and I, and then I compensated my dad for his time because he's a retired contractor and technically he didn't need to be out here like building a shed but he made the most uh, like amazing house yes in december outside like in the frigid temperatures cutting wood to make this shed um but had he not done it it would have been like other community members who will donate their labor and say, you know, if you can just like pay for the materials, like I'll, I'll take care of the time. And it's been, or it'll be like drivers who you didn't think about, okay, well, how am I going to get these materials from point A to point B? So a driver who amazingly has a pickup truck in the middle of New York city goes to home Depot to get all these materials and make drops to different fridges. So fridges can actually get their materials um, it's community members who have different talents who paint the like the artwork on the fridges, who are the ones who are just like, oh, I see that you might be struggling like in getting this item. Somebody was like, I don't want to go buy this stuff myself. So I'm going to give you the money so that you can go so there can be yucca and plantains in the fridge because we have such a high population of people who want the cultural food. A lot of donations is also helping for. Oh, listen, if it wasn't for donations, half of the fridges, I mean, most of the fridges, I don't think would survive because like, for instance, at 120, we bag all of the produce that goes into the fridge. Bags cost money. Mm -hmm. Gas costs money. Shipping of items costs money. The everyday maintenance is very costly. And that's why, you know, we encourage people to get involved with their local fridges just because if everyone is supporting their local fridge, it's they're going to be that much better off, you know? And, and what would you say to somebody who lives in a city that's very spread out um, and they want to do this and they're thinking of doing the fridge? Um, how, would you, how would you recommend it? If there are community centers in the area, that's a good place to reach out as far as because they're like if you're trying to start out you need to find a place that you can plug your fridge into so a community center is a great local place that is a central area for um um, churches mosques synagogues those like cultural institutions in neighborhoods are very good places to start businesses that have been in the community for a long time even if it's just like a convenience store um your coffee shop coffee like coffee shops that have been in the neighborhood or like a communal like workspace that has been in the neighborhood um i'm thinking local parks department because sometimes you do have local um like related to the city areas that are willing to host a community fridge because it doesn't really cost them much to have a fridge plugged in. Um, and we're, I think that last estimate in New York city, I mean, granted electricity rates have gone up commercially in New York city, but it was like 10, $15 a month tacked onto their electricity bill. Yeah. 
with that this is not a project to start on your own this is a project to start with a team um and then your tribe will really present themselves but this is definitely something to tackle with a few um friends a few community members i know a lot of these started in like facebook groups um because this, this is a lot to take on for one person from figuring out the you know how to get food into the fridge you're figuring out who your partners are going to be getting the fridge itself, raising the funds for it, cleaning every, cleaning every day alone. Like, yes, it's a quick process, but if you're cleaning your fridge two, three times a day on top of, you know, in between these calls, in between going to pick up your, your pick up food and drop it in, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Fundraising, interfacing with community members, actually doing community development and engagement. Um, you can't do it alone. And and what lessons have you learned to offer up to others? I personally would say going into this, knowing that working with a fridge, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Um, these fridges are here not to promote any level of insecurity in our neighborhoods and in our communities. So understanding that this is a long, like people are invested in this in a long term um, and not invested in just like inserting a resource into a community that can be taken, like really that won't be taken care of. We don't want to put insecurity into our neighborhoods and we want people who are, even if they're only in New York for six months, that they know that even when they might leave this community, that this is something that will have ripple effects and that this is something that's not to disappear. This is not a resource that we want to disappear. This is something that we're invested in seeing all the ways in which it can grow and continue to support our communities um, from near from near and far, really. And that these community fridges, even if they're sitting on a block that's in a community that seems like it's 15 blocks or 10 blocks or even 100 blocks away from you, that every single one of these fridges is a ripple effect. And I can't stress that enough that they all have made, I think, monumental change in our communities and they want to continue to do that. My favorite thing is seeing how um kids engage with the fridge because they're the ones who like i see the light bulb i i feel like they're the ones who the light bulb went off for them before the adults because they were like what's like they their natural curiosity peaked when they were like what's in it today or let's check out and um that's they um i'm a chef i'm a chef instructor by trade and i this time last year i was in schools teaching um students in the Bronx and so when I you know launched the fridge I was thinking in terms of how can I continue teaching people about food I'm a chef how can I still teach people about food at its core that's what chefs do um and this was an avenue to do that and I was in that same school of thought of like local produce is great for people. It's going to be free so they can access it. And my lesson was listening to the community when they were like, okay, but where are the platanos? It was like, wait, that's, that's what you want. Let me figure out what I can do to get you guys what you want. In addition to what I think is good for you or what I think you should, you know, want. 
And so that was my lesson. Jazz, I think you highlight something is that for anyone getting involved, it's staying in community, like letting community inform your actions and how you even if you want to volunteer to drop off food at a fridge or you want to volunteer to pick up food, it's always staying in community. That's a beautiful part that I think that everyone also ends up taking away with them is that this is really like this is one of the purest ways of learning how to be in community and stay in community. Where do you see this going in the future? What do you think will be I mean, as you said, it's reverberating. How would you have any other future plans? I see these fridges in the same conversations as food pantries and World Central Kitchen and all of the other large players in emergency feeding. And I just see this continuing to grow throughout the country. And I'm, I'm excited to see where this ride takes us. I think this, the same, just like the increase in mutual aid efforts, the increase in community development um, and investment in communities, I think that there will be naturally more community fridges. Um, and my hope is really that those community fridges will all want and really earnestly try to stay in community and in the spirit of mutual aid and community development. For myself personally, I see this as being connected to the community space that I'm developing. I see this being connected to more health and wellness programming and really expanding the definition of what people consider to be health and wellness and really just building more systems that are actually set up for people to win and to attend to all of the ways that the existing systems have really <laughs> committed injustice and like oppressed people this is the year that i feel like i found the most like-minded people who just like want to share with their local community members and it's been a really beautiful process that's incredible i think a lot of people are feeling that or washers is a huge partner or washers bread best bread in the city um they uh with they donated like a ton of their end of day bread business was slow like and so they were in like rainy days where nobody wants to go outside and those would all end up in the fridges and they'll go to atlantis's space they will individually bag out all of those 15 like garbage bag sizes of the, of bread and then those will be redistributed through all of the fridges in Manhattan one day or through the Bronx one day, or now they're rescuing from the, the warehouse. Um, mm -hmm. And those are going oh, all over. So they're like an amazing partner, right? Is, you know, fresh bread because like quality bread is just a good staple to have in any household. And then there is for the houseless population prepared meals. So there's, a bunch of like there's a bunch of prepared meals in circulation now and a lot mm -hmm. more restaurants that are willing to partner and you know want to help i do have another question um we talked about justice and about how this is basically 
in a way dismantling, well, no, it is dismantling, you know, the oppressive forces that keep communities from having access to, you know, you know, healthy food and nutrition um, and wellness and uh, other things that will enable someone to, to thrive in the world. Um, can you speak a little bit on that? This is food, like feeding people, helping to nourish people is food justice. It is a part of healing justice. If you look at the basic needs of a person, if someone is hungry, they will not be checked in to what is going on. They will not be focused on what is going on around them. When someone is hungry, they are scrambling to get their basic needs met. They are struggling to get their basic needs met. How can we talk about people attending to their mental health, their physical health, planning for the future, if they are food insecure, they don't know where their next meal is coming from, they don't really have foods that nourish their body and therefore nourish their brain, aka supporting their mental health, they're constantly stressed and under pressure about where their resources are going to be acquired. Therefore, like you know, when you're stressed out, you really don't tend to think about anything else other than why you're stressed. Your problem solving is in, like it's it's not at its full capabilities because you are in you're in fight or flight mode. You're scrambling. So you're not thinking clearly. You're not really able to plan if you don't know where your resources are coming from next. And all of that goes into justice. All of that is how can you plan to be a part of movements? How can you plan for your family? How can you really thrive if on a daily basis, your basic needs are not being met? You can't. So you can't. You can't. So therefore, that's why I say that feeding people, nourishing people, is a act of just like it's an act of justice and as many people may not say like oh it you know feeding people shouldn't be political it is, it is political. because there is a reason why certain like food systems exist the way they do there is a reason why communities of color are inundated with fast food and cheap unhealthy food options and anyone who tells me differently obviously has never looked at city planning yeah, I would definitely argue that the work that we've been doing has absolutely influenced city planning to some degree. A lot just passed in New York that supermarkets no longer are permitted to throw away their like food waste. And, you know, we don't want the rotten apples. We want the stuff that's still good, that can still be eaten. And there is no reason why any of this is ever going into the trash. Me and Atlantis are rescuing like, what are we at? Like seventy thousand dollars worth of food. Coming counting. That's a, a lot. Seventy thousand dollars worth of food <laughs> a month. Like the retail value of this food, seventy thousand. That worth would of food otherwise a month. be finding its way into the trash. Filling up our landfills even more when we don't need to. Like people are hungry. Out of bellies. Like this is like I eat this food. Perfectly edible food. And, you know, that needs to change. And this these fridges have been a step in the direction of that change in how we've been working. Because when it comes to city planning, we are, you know, we're getting to a place where we're getting a seat at the table. But they definitely have their eyes on us. And... 
as I they think should. That you, as you they should, and there is a, a there is a positive shift going on because what we're doing makes sense. I'm not. I completely 100 percent agree. Like when I heard about the network of bridges, I was like, "Wow, this is social justice. This is supporting the community. This is something that our government should have been doing already." You know, like as COVID has been hitting or hitting, as COVID has affected so many of our communities in all across the United States and the world you're seeing that those who are already struggling are struggling even more. And when you don't have access to these things, these food, to these basic human rights, like what happens to your future? What happens? And there's something to be said about the education that comes with these community fridges. There's something to be said about the community nurturing that comes with these fridges. At our core, we all understand hunger. And that's why I think these fridges are also so successful because there is that level of respect for like, I might not be, you know, on the ground doing this, but like, if y'all are doing it, then okay, sure. I can help you break down a box or I can help you unload a fridge. And that happens so often to drivers when they're on the ground unloading things. You know, you go to five, six fridges. It takes an hour or two, depending. You're hauling all of this stuff. It's, it's, taxing work um but community members will see you pulling up recognize you and be like let me help pass me a box i'll do it you know just keep on moving keep on going on your route um i love the kids who experience and engage with these fridges and i look forward to seeing what kind of adults they grow into because the spirit of sharing is just such a beautiful seed to plant and to see kind of how that how this is an example of how they can change the world and you know positively impact i mean we're just at the end of the day me and atlantis we're just two women who were like let's just call let's make some calls and see if these people would be down to share and that's how these conversations came about and all however many months later how long have we been doing this we've been working together since october november summer january February, march five months later this is where we're at yeah there's hundreds of people within this network of bridges and even more within like the mutual aid worlds that we've you know encountered along the way so we're just going to keep on keeping on and see what happens it's just this idea if people were invested or got more invested in really just working with one another um, and leveraging their talents and their skills, who knows what could be accomplished? Yeah. Who knows what else could be accomplished? And like Chef Jazz had mentioned before, when you see a colorful fridge out on the street, you're just like, what is this? (laughs) Why is this, why is this fridge just sitting out here on the street and it's painted? And it definitely clicks for like adults when they're passing. It's like they get this childlike curiosity again. And they're like, oh my gosh, like that's so cool. And even though community fridges have been getting so much publicity and are, you know, becoming more widespread, there's still so many people who do not know about community fridges and who do not interact with community fridges. But the minute they encounter one and the minute they even engage with the fridge for really like maybe 30 seconds, they catch this buzz of like, 
oh, like, how, how can I help? Like, what, what can I do? Like, and it is such a contagious energy that I love because it really is rooted in community, especially when they find out that anyone can access this fridge. When they find out that they can put stuff in the fridge to help other people. I had a woman say to me the other day, she was like, wait, I'm moving. Does this mean I can like bring my vegetables that I'm in no way going to cook before I leave? I said, are they still there? Like, are they still fresh? And she said, yeah, I just bought them. And I realized like, I can't cook them. I said, well, you can bring them to me and I'll bag them up and I can put them in the fridge. But if you have some bags around, please put them in a clear bag and put them in the fridge. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. She said, wait, I have all these pantry items that I'm not going to use and nobody's accepting them. And like pantries don't want them. And she said, can I bring them to the fridge? I said, you know what? 120 doesn't accept pantry items, but I will make sure that these get to fridges who do. And she was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And two hours later, she showed up at my house with six bags worth of pantry items and three bags worth of like fresh produce for the fridge. And she was like, this is amazing. Thank you so much. And it was awesome. Thank you so much for joining today. Uh, And I really appreciated all your insights as well as your suggestions. And uh, can't wait to keep in touch and see where Community Bridges continue to grow and keep disrupting. So thank you. No problem. If you want to follow Community Fridge 120 on Instagram, it is Atlantis. Community Fridge 120 MMM. We always are sharing updates on the fridge, sharing updates on partnerships, sharing updates from other fridges. And we are always looking for volunteers as well as all the other fridges. So if you live in Harlem and you would like to volunteer with the community fridge, please hit us up. Let us know. Into our DM. Yeah, slide into our DMs. What have you learned and what practical advice do you want to share with our listeners? Practical advice for me. Well, what I learned was that the fridge turned into what I, what I um, thought it would be going into it was a resource and what I wanted to share was, you know, local farm fresh produce because it was in season. I, I get excited about produce and all of the things. And I realized in engaging with the community, the community was asking for a lot more culturally relevant items and things that I didn't hadn't already thought of in reaching out to partners because I was, you know, focused on what I believe is, you know, more health forward, plant-based milks and fresh, fresh juices and um, you know, healthfully prepared meals. But ultimately the fridge belongs to the community and um, had to be stocked appropriately. And so getting more culturally relevant items into it was something that the community asked for. And so as a result, um, we started getting more, in- more of into the fridge. In today's episode, we talk about food justice and how it combats the oppressive forces that keep our black and brown communities without. We discuss inspiring children and how that's reflected in adults. We discuss how food literacy means that you are opening the doors to opportunities and access in ways that weren't provided before. 
Chef Jazz and Atlantis take us through a beautiful journey of how they began and where they're going. And let me tell you, it's it's been wild ride. So I hope you know that you yourself can also volunteer, start a fridge in your own community, and that if you are interested in making an impact, you can do it. So what you gonna do now?